had everything recorded yesterday except for this intro. When Molly McCord's newest podcast episode released today. I highly encourage you to take a listen to it after finishing this episode, as so many of the exact words and themes mentioned here are echoed there. It's just too much of another synchronicity not to mention it. She fleshes out a bunch of stuff, and I think you'll find all the information she provides this week to be very supportive. And as I was writing this out, I glanced at the clock on my computer. The time is 5.55, an angel number. And I thought, how fitting, as five is the number of balance. In the show notes, I'm including a link to an article on the significance of 555. So check it out if you feel so inclined. Now, the planner in me would like to schedule this episode to come out later this week so as to space out the episodes and make it look as though I'm being consistent. But I never was one much on waiting. Plus, I realized that I'll be busy this weekend. I have a friend who is turning 40. I took the responsibility upon myself when I asked and found out there was nothing planned for her to plan a small weekend getaway for us. Since having just turned 40 myself, I knew how much it could mean to have someone make special plans to mark a milestone birthday. And yes, I realize I used the word plan like three times. I do like a plan. After you finish this podcast, you may chuckle and shake your head like I did when I realized what I had, what I had done yet again stepping up to quote save the day and taking on a responsibility that wasn't even necessarily mine to bear. Now no judgment but this friend didn't come to my big 40th birthday nor did she remember my birthday at least the two years prior and I wonder why I feel resentful in my relationships right? (laughs) Now I felt ugly and petty for keeping score. This Akashic Records reading came at a great time. Knowing what I know now, I can love the parts of myself that want to love big and yet not expect anything in return. Because if I can stop and listen to myself, I can stay balanced. And this is why I'm sharing this with you today. I can go on this weekend trip because I want to. Not because I'm the hero, not because I feel responsible. This loving of someone else is an extension of loving myself, honoring my truth and what makes me happy. Those of you who listened to the latest episode know that I had an Akashic Records reading scheduled with Lorena. Well, I did that. And as you know, you come prepared with a list of questions. And I led with a question that honestly, I had already made a decision on. So I had made a rather big life decision and had already started acting towards making it a reality. This reading with Lorena 
came at the perfect time because it gave me a lot to stop and think about. And I ended up making a full reversal of my decision that evening. As can sometimes happen when we are so sure about something that we then find out was built on false assumptions or that we were mistaken. There may be a stunned moment of confusion or loss. And I'm not being specific as to my situation for the sake of others, and I have edited this recording accordingly, but I will say that it boiled down to this ugly fact. <laughs> this reading made me face the fact that I have a savior complex and that I had been about to make life way more challenging for myself and my immediate family for the sake of helping someone who honestly didn't even really want my help or my help in the way that it was going to look. So I had been ignoring red flags in the name of being a martyr of sorts and taking on responsibility for someone else. Um, I had wondered whether or not to share this Akashic Record reading with you guys, but when I listened to Gabrielle Ginter's latest podcast episode, and side note, I realized today that I have been mispronouncing her last name, so my apologies. She said that if it's bubbling to the surface, it's to be shared. So even though I may find this intimate dive into my insecurities and glitches to be a bit scary to share, it's coming to the surface because it's going to benefit someone else too. Someone among you needs to hear it like I did. So this episode is for you if you find yourself giving more in relationships than you receive and find yourself becoming resentful because of it, or if you find a lot of your value in what you provide to others, or if you find yourself taking on responsibility that simply isn't yours. This idea of turning this reading's recording into its own podcast episode and not just sharing it as a bonus for my Patreon supporters was reinforced when I was scrolling through Facebook this afternoon and saw posts by The Healing Room. And I'll link to the post in the show notes. But there were several graphics on codependency. Now, this label of codependency or codependent makes me pause and I want to go down a quick rabbit hole with you. <laughs> Courtney Starkey, and she had to come into this at some point, right? <laughs> I mentioned her every episode. Courtney Starkey came into my life in January of this year, and she has been a role model in several ways. One of those being joy. She is one of the most joyful people I know. And this means even more with the knowledge that she has experienced depression before she had a life-changing series of hypnosis sessions. And depression has been something I have known intimately. One of the things I've noticed is that the bad or the ugly, it doesn't seem to stick to her 
Like it doesn't even land on her radar. What it brought to mind is that it's been said that some of the Native Americans didn't even see the colonists' ships as they approached because they had no frame of reference for what a ship like that even was. So, like, you'll notice that even when I had my interview with Courtney and I was posting about it on social media, some of the hashtags I used were trauma, depression, anger. She, on the other hand, when she was sharing that exact same episode, used hashtags like abundance, lightworkers, and spiritual healer. So I think there is really something to be said for using the power of words to invite and attract even more healing and light. So whenever I use the word codependent, which seems to me to have such an ugly connotation, one of being crippled, well, I'm asking you to substitute it for, how about this, an individual ready to discover their own healthy sense of self, okay? <laughs> so here's one infographic I'll read to you from estestherapy.com. It says, am I codependent? So again, let's reframe that to ask, am I an individual ready to discover her own happy and healthy sense of self? So follow along with me and we'll discover if that is you because it was me. <laughs> you give more in your relationships. You are a people pleaser. You find yourself needing to be needed. You are emotionally reactive. You need to feel in control. You avoid conflict. Low self-esteem or low sense of self. All right, each of those points has, it delves into some more details about each one. So I encourage you to uh, check that out. Uh, next, here's an infographic listing 12 signs. You might be that individual ready to discover her own happy and healthy sense of self. One, the first sign, you please others to gain approval. Two, you focus more on others instead of self. Three, you get self-esteem from helping others. Four, you have trouble setting boundaries. Five, you worry excessively about others. Six, and this is a big one as you'll find, uh, in the upcoming reading, you feel overly responsible. Seven, you have difficulty identifying your wants and needs. Eight, you think it's your job to save people. Nine, you feel anxious when others are hurting. Ten, you can't say no without feeling guilty. Eleven, Making mistakes triggers shame. And 12, you attract people with problems. So, so many of these things came up in my reading with Lorena. 
So much so that I can't believe it's just a coincidence, a coincidence that this all came together like it did. So as you listen, see if you catch these themes I just said in the recording. And like I said, this, this infographic with that label, that was today. So I was not going into this reading with that in the forefront of my mind. I had the recording, I was editing it and came across this, this Facebook post and it's all just tying it together. So I knew I needed to bring it to you, my listeners, because again, uh, when it's something this big, I doubt that it's for me alone. There's got to be one of you that is going to get something from it. All right. So uh, first you'll hear the opening message that Lorena's received when opening my records. And this is before I asked any of my questions. So the first thing that's kind of, so there's not necessarily words coming through at this moment. What I do feel is a sense of, they're giving me the sensation and sense of peace. Like your soul wants peace, wants to find complete and utter peace. But at the same time, I have this feeling of like, you're getting there. If that makes sense, it's like, you're creating that through the steps that you're taking every single day. And it feels like you've been putting in a lot of work in the last year or so. And it does also feel like, oh, I'm getting so many goosebumps. It's like um, this sense of accomplishment they're saying. It's like you're slowly starting to realize all the work that you've done up till now and all of the effort that you've put in is starting to make everything starting to make sense and everything starting to kind of um, what's the word like when you start to reap the benefits of it and I think and the podcast is coming up for me the podcast to me they're saying it might seem like it's a little slow but keep going because that podcast is part of your healing journey and it's not only maybe the interviews you do but it's how you're putting yourself out there and the things that you're saying and saying things so openly in a way where you speaking about them in a way is also healing you. So you have to look at it as a channel to heal. It's a healing channel basically. So it doesn't matter what you do with the podcast, always just focus on that and being open and trying to speak about things from a place of just vulnerability and just confidence. And that in turn is going to help you deal with a lot of these things. So it feels like a lot of things in your life. And I, I remember some things that, that came up in the reading, but not a lot, um, feel a lot like they've been a really slow process to deal with. And it's had its very difficult challenges, but it feels like it's better now. Like, I don't feel that same heaviness that I felt when I opened your records with Lucia. It feels like, at least there's layers that have been lifted and it's like you can breathe a little bit more now and like you understand things. And this is also, they're saying to a lot of you, these spiritual tools that you're using, right? So it's not just, you know, me getting a reading with somebody else or saying it's you actually doing the work and being so open about what, what's going on and being open about it with yourself. So they want to really just pat you on the back. They're saying, and 
they hope that you also see all of this in yourself and that you've come a very long way, even though there is stuff to come, there's still more healing to do because there always is, right? But they want to really, like literally they're showing them like patting you on the back and like kind of, you know, bringing you in and saying, you're doing good, like keep going, don't, don't stop, like keep going, keep up that momentum and all that energy that you have towards that healing because you are putting a lot of that into your present moment. And it feels really, really positive. It really does. It really feels like it hasn't been easy. It feels like there's been a lot of downs and, and it's had its ups too, but it hasn't, it hasn't been easy. So they want you to really recognize that, right? Make sure that you're seeing that and that even though they're, those tough times are tough because <laughs> they do feel really difficult. Um, to just keep up that faith that you have because you do have that faith inside of you that things are going to make sense at some point and that all of this is going to kind of come back and all make sense at some point because it does feel like everything you've been through it's like it kind of circles back and it makes sense at some point in your timeline where you're going to be like oh wow oh my gosh like this really this this it like blows your mind right it's like wow this either it's because you're going to be helping others or because of the podcast, helping others too, it's, it's, it's all about others, they're saying. So that's why you had to go through those difficult times. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful message. It feels, it feels very peaceful in your records, like it really does. It doesn't feel, it feels like your, your soul's already at that peace. You know what I mean? It's like, you're searching for it, but your soul's already there, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So it's there. It's gonna you're gonna get there. Um just have faith and keep going. Whatever you're doing, you're doing good. So I'm not exactly sure what that is, but keep going. Now that was a great message, right? <laughs> I know I needed to hear it. Now the rest of the reading, although very gentle, was not there to pat me on the back, but rather to point out blind spots. What this reminded me of is what I had read in one of my favorite books called Inner Work, Using Dreams and Active Imagination for Personal Growth. That's written by Robert A. Johnson. So there are four steps to dream work, and I have those on my website as well. You've done your brainstorming, and as you're going through your word vomit, what's come up for you when you're looking at each of those words or themes that came up in your dream and you're trying to choose the interpretation that that's uh, appropriate. The first one is choose an interpretation that shows you something you didn't know. It says here, your dream will not waste your time by telling you what you already know and understand. Therefore, you should choose the interpretation that challenges your existing ideas rather than one that merely repeats what you already think you know. There is one exception to this rule. Sometimes your dreams will send you the same basic message over and over again, but you either won't understand or won't put it into practice. In that case, the dream may seem to repeat something you already know, but if so, 
you had better begin to question why the dream has to keep repeating the message. So I'm seeing some similarities between Akashic record readings and dream interpretations in that often the Akashic records are not going to waste your time telling you something you already know. This reading, as you'll find out, is very much about pointing out blind spots. And it's not doing that to make you feel bad, but to help you grow. And that's the whole purpose of having a record reading in the first place. Why do it if you're there to hear stuff you already know? You're just wasting your time. You're wasting the reader's time. So let's go on to step number two. Avoid the interpretation that inflates your ego or is self-congratulatory. It says, dreams never report these things in a way that invites egotistical satisfaction. Dreams don't invite us into ego inflations. So I'm seeing another similarity here, right, between dream interpretation and Akashic Records in that it's not there to pet your ego. Now, this first segment was very, um, I don't think it was inflating my ego in as much as it was saying, good job, your, your time, your effort, your hard work is seen, it's acknowledged, and it's paying off. Stick with it. Three, avoid interpretations that shift responsibility away from yourself. It specifies here, your dreams are not concerned with pointing out the faults of other people or where other people need to change. You can leave that to the other person's dreams and the other person's own unconscious. You can leave that to God. Your dreams are concerned with you. What is going on inside you? the invisible energies that are shaping your inner path, the areas of your life where you need to become conscious or make changes. If your dream comments on an external situation, it will focus on the contributions of your attitudes and unconscious behavior patterns. Wow. Okay, so again, another similarity between dream interpretation and Akashic Records readings it's very much concerned with you and your thoughts, behaviors, patterns. What I've been told is that one of the basic principles is that you can't open someone else's records without their permission. So it's not like you can get into an Akashic Records reading, someone opens your records, and then you can start to ask questions about someone that's not related to you, um, where you're not in some type of soul contract for the purpose of curiosity or material for gossip. That's not how it works. The Akashic Records won't have anything to say or reveal. It will be silent because that's not yours. Um, that's not yours. So it's not going to give you any information that's not about your personal path. Okay. Um, the fourth principle for validating interpretations when working with dreams is learn to live with dreams over time. 
fit them into the long-term flow of your life. So what that is saying is that, let me just read this. Such dreams come from the frontiers of your consciousness. They are joined in some way to the future, the seeds of which are contained already in you now. Give yourself time and experience. Keep interacting with the symbols. Return to the dream from time to time and all will come clear. So this may not come into play as often with the Akashic Records because I have found that the Akashic Records are very much current and deal with the now. Um, but that is something to keep in mind. If there is something that's coming through that you don't immediately resonate with or understand, let it sit. The message, the kernel of truth that's there, it's going to make itself known to you at the right time. So, all right, let's listen in to the rest of Lorena's reading for me. Here, I have already asked my first question. Right now, you're, what I want for you and what your soul's asking for you is to take off external responsibilities that aren't yours so that you can create more space and that you can create a more purposeful life. All right, let me just take a moment to interrupt and bring your attention to something that Lorena said. She used the phrase creating space. Now, that probably doesn't seem weird or strange to anybody else, but it definitely was ringing some bells when I listened to it the second time through. I was like, where have I heard that before? So I went to my Akashic Records journal. I typed in space in the search bar. And yeah, <laughs> there are so many times that the word space or creating space has come up. And the one entry that I would like to read to you guys was dated April 28th of this year. I had been taking the uh, seven-day Awaken Your Intuition course that was online, and that's presented by Steffi Hill, a.k.a. Sister Sis. So I had signed up for that class, was taking that, and part of the instruction was to ask Spirit, what is the block to my connecting spiritually? So when I did that exercise, the first and only word that came to mind was the word space. And I thought that was really bizarre, weird. And so like with many things that I find bizarre or weird or I need more explanation on, I go to the Akashic Records. So that evening, April 28th, I asked the question, when I asked, what is the block to my connecting spiritually? The first slash only word to come to mind was space. Why did I say that? And is that true? Answer. Space can be hallowed ground in which things are allowed to sit, not smothered with overthinking or anxiety. So for you, it is a lack of space. Not gifting enough time to be quiet to allow for the nothing that can happen when you invite spirit. 
and uh, the nothing there is in air quotes to allow for the nothing that can happen when you invite spirit. You must make room for comfort, not fitting it in so tightly in your schedule that it has no room to breathe, to grow, to be. Space is a vacuum in that it invites in your intention. Try to create time and energetic space and set your intention to receive and sit and breathe without a plan, as we told Courtney. You make space for others, time in which special moments can occur. Grant that to your spirit slash essence as well. Busyness is not always conducive to allowing spirit's timing on its own timeline. We ask it to fit in when we should really be fitting the rest of our lives into our experience of it, seeing all in its light. So my follow-up question was, how can I create space? Answer, this, meaning the Akashic Records reading, for one, is good. Also, allowing your plans to change to accommodate bigger plans. It may seem painful when large chunks of your life or goals are removed, but there wasn't space for the bigger plan we had for you. So whenever there is a removal, know that space is being created. Breathe into it. Fill it with your intentions. And sit back and watch and wonder at what can be created before your eyes. All right, let's get back to Lorena's reading. Psych! (laughs) We're not cutting to Lorena's reading just yet. I was looking at the Akashic Records journal and I found another entry that I just have to share with you. So this one stated a little bit earlier than the one I just read. This one stated April 12th, 2021. And the go-to question when I don't have anything else to ask is, what would you like for me to know? So I must have been out of inspiration for questions that, that day very neutral question. It's kind of all-encompassing. So the answer that evening was, the answer to your heart's problems, and problems was in air quotes, is to be found in love. Always love. Love for oneself, and that especially because love for another that does not stem from a love rooted within one's own system is a projection, an exercise. And exercise is not meant to be constant or else the body wearies. It extends itself too far, too long, and learns its limits and is weakened more than it was to begin with. Now, love that is an outgrowth or extension as part of oneself, of one's being, can never tire. It's like a heartbeat that keeps beating without conscious effort. One doesn't get tired or wearied of breathing, nor of one's heart beating. In such a way, it is advisable to concentrate and focus one's energy on crazy, no-limit, 
unconditional love and acceptance of one's self. You will not be overlooking or marginalizing anyone by so doing. For the natural growth of self-love is love and acceptance of others. Love of others flows naturally from true self-love, but it doesn't happen the other way around. Loving others without loving and accepting and honoring yourself is a nicely staged play, a lie with pretty trappings and a nice plot, but it doesn't ring true in life. Believe in your own dreams, honor your own truth, acknowledge your own feelings, make space for your own energies and desires, make your own inner space a priority, and the light will naturally flow to others. Love is a feeling and a responsibility, a responsibility to maintain the integrity of its path. Love's lantern will shine spottily if the panes of the inner lamp are damaged or smudged, unpolished. Try to reconnect with your soul's sense of purpose and mission. Your light can inspire others, but it has to shine inward first and be lit within. I thought that was so in the same vein as what we just read that I had to share that. But now let's go back to Lorena's reading. Say for instance, I feel like my husband's being taken advantage of by the people in his life. And there's nothing I can do about it because it's not me making those decisions. But, and this has been something throughout life though. I get angry easily, especially with people I feel that are taking advantage of hurting people. Like unfair, unfair situations. Definitely. Anything that's unjust or unfair, I have a really hard time. Yeah, I have a really hard time letting that go. So the first thing they're saying is that's you. That's a reflection of you and you getting angry at yourself. That's like literally a mirror. It's like you being able to see yourself. You're like, oh my God, that makes me so angry. But that's actually the exact same thing that's happening to you. You're allowing certain things in your life to happen and not standing up for yourself and not being able to put up your boundaries. And this isn't like to judge you. They're saying this is just so you can see how the moment that you switch that around in you, it won't affect you as much. You won't, you'll be like, well, they're just not dealing with it right. That's their responsibility. I've already dealt with my stuff and I know where, where I'm at. I can give them advice, but I'm not going to take it personal. This whole taking it personal, it's kind of like taking it personal, they're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you're feeling it. You're feeling it for them. Yes. Um, which part of that is, I think you are very much an empath. So I, I can get a little bit of that energy, but mostly they're saying it is you. It's a reflection of you dealing with things in the same way sometimes. So I can get very real and it can feel like it's even happening to you at moments and the person's not even that mad but you're mad mm -hmm. <laughs> so what you can do to deal with that is start to deal with your own situation slowly the moment you can start making those changes in your life is a moment that that won't affect you 
Mm. And maybe it'll affect you a little bit with your husband because it's very close, but you need to show him how to change too. So you by living that energy, he's going to feel more inclined to also do the same and to trust that that's okay to do that. Cause you're, he's, he doesn't seem like a guy that you'd be like, okay, you, this is what you need to do. Like, I don't think he's necessarily going to take that advice. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the only way, and this isn't about him, right? This is about you. Like, why are you feeling these feelings and how can you deal with them? It's when you get in, in, cause obviously this isn't going to go away like in one day. It's when I sit in this place here and I see this going on over there with, it's Greg is your husband's name, right? Uh -huh. With Greg, what is that bringing up inside of me? Like, what can I feel? And I, I think a good practice is to remove yourself from that situation. Maybe you just go, maybe into the bathroom they're saying, and just sit, even just sit on the toilet and just be like, okay, what is, what are these emotions? And to me, this also is bringing me back to some of your childhood and feeling anger and feeling disappointment and feeling like in a way kind of lost or frustrated. Mm -hmm. It's bringing up a lot of that too. So it's, it's, I'm not dealing with it. I haven't fully dealt with it. So every time I see that outside of me, it's bringing up these emotions that I need to deal with and I'm not really looking at fully. So I don't know if we talked about your childhood at all in our readings. I don't remember it, but do you, does that resonate with you? Some of these, like some of these words? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like that. I can also feel weak at moments. I don't have to be strong all the time. It's sometimes I can realize that I'm not okay and that I don't need to just lean on myself for everything. Cause I think that's also kind of, they pushed you in that direction, your parents of having to rely on yourself for everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and they, you know, your guides and your masters and your soul wants you to be able to lean on somebody too. So this is where the communication they were talking about before it's, I might be helping you, but you need to help me too. Like there needs to be a give and take within this. But going back a little bit to what you were saying about your mom and dad, this, this makes so much sense with all the things that we've been speaking of because this frustration and this anger that we were talking about definitely feels a lot like one part this saying is very much seeing everything unfold in your life from you know, we, we know we choose our parents, like we were saying, right? But seeing these things unfold and feeling like it's unfair, feeling angry. And this little girl inside of you is angry. She's pissed off. Oh, yeah. Why was I dealt these fucking cards? Like literally like cursing, right? Mm -hmm. It's why? Why couldn't I just had a normal upbringing with a mom that loved me and could help me emotionally and with a dad that would play with me and would listen to me and would hug me and hold me when I'm scared and she didn't have that she didn't have that support so now you feel like you have to put the world on your shoulders take care of everything not only yourself but everybody else around you and this is also why a lot of the situations in your life have kind of manifested in the way they have it's because you still feel that way you still feel like you have to burden yourself with everything and that's not true so this anger and this frustration and this 
feeling like, oh my God, why is this stuff that's not even happening to me that looks and feels so unfair to somebody else? Why is it affecting me? It's literally bringing up that stuff from your childhood. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's triggering that little girl inside of you who feels to me like she just needs a little bit of attention right now. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something that you can work through yourself as well through the Akashic Records. We're going to work through a lot of this stuff with the flowers. So we're going to work the mom, the dad relationship. So that would be the, those roots that we were speaking of before. And that's going to help heal a lot of stuff and maybe even you to deal with it on your own with your readings and stuff. But right now what they want you to just acknowledge at this point is I'm, I'm not these cards that I was dealt. I don't have to continue to believe that I need to burden myself with everything because that's not true. And I don't have to have that belief in my, in my, in my life anymore that that can be released. What can I do to feel enthusiastic about being alive? I love the word. First of all, to me, all of this is this lack of joy, because that's the word they're using, is this is, is exactly what they were talking about before with all of the, the childhood stuff, right? It's, I have so much burden and responsibility on me. And now it makes sense why they were saying for you and Greg to play. Because both of you need that. You both need to be able to play. To me, it feels like he's also put on so much responsibility on himself from a very young age. And I'm not sure why. That you both need to learn how to play. And he obviously needs to do his own work with his inner child, of course as you do, and as I do, <laughs> we all do. Um, but specifically to find joy, it's releasing all of that frustration, anger, and, and responsibility you've put on yourself at such a young age. Yeah. To be able to feel joy and freedom and like, they're literally showing me this vision of you just playing like a kid and just like having fun and dancing around. Another thing is playing with your kids that could help connect you a little bit more. It's like, Hey, let me just get out of this like energy of worrying and let me just go sit with my daughter and let's play. Let's do whatever she wants to do. I'm just going to play along with this and find minutes of your day to do that. It doesn't have to be all day. It doesn't have to be for hours. It could be even for 10 minutes. It's like, Hey, I'm going to sit here with you for 10 minutes. What do you want to do? Let's have some fun. That helps you connect with that energy, right? Yeah. Energy of the inner child. And helping her realize it's actually safe to have fun. You don't have to have your guard up all of the time. I'm literally getting goosebumps saying all that. It feels like a lot of this feeling of lack of enthusiasm and joy is because you feel so much responsibility. And it's a lot self-imposed because of everything that's happened in your childhood, right? But then if they're saying if you sit and look back at everything that's happened after your childhood. It's like maybe when you got to like 17 or 18, it's what decisions did I make after that? They were always putting yourself in situations where you kept having to repeat feeling responsible, not only for yourself, but for others, but not in a way where you can put up boundaries. It's I'm fully responsible for you. And if I don't do this, I feel bad about myself. And your soul doesn't want that for you. Your soul wants you to learn that lesson and realize I can be there for people. I can support them, but I'm, I'm number one. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of myself. And that's a huge lesson for you in this life. 
and why they said from the very beginning of this reading, it's what do I want? What's right for me? If you're already setting yourself up for failure at moments, it's no, I'm not going to do that to myself anymore. It's how can I set things up in a way where I can make a decision, but come back to what feels right for me without literally screwing myself over. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's going more into that energy and realizing I might not know what's right for me right now, but if I could try it and realize it then that that's okay too. Right. Start with, start with just playing with your, your, do you have more than one child? I don't remember. Just her. Just her. Just play with her more. I feel like she's also needing that from you. I find myself saying no to her constantly because she is such a high energy type and I'm such a low energy type. And I feel bad about it because I mean, she is an only child, but I, I don't feel like I have like all the energy that she wants to like engage every second of the day. And are you playing and like, she literally just wants you to like have fun. I think that's also why she's so high energy because she's trying to show you a different way. And you don't have to be high energy to have fun. That's not the way it works or saying. So you could just be like, hey, let's sit down and do this thing here where you're bringing out your inner child and you're connecting with her and it's gonna help her, it's gonna help you, it's gonna help you heal. So maybe that's where you kind of put your boundaries and like, hey, let's do this thing. Mm. Let's not just run around like crazy people <laughs> because that's not vibing with me. Um, but maybe sometimes you, you go into that energy a little bit more. Just like, hey, let's go for a run outside. Let's go, let's go for a walk outside. Mm -hmm. Let's go do this thing that we don't ever do together. And, and I think that would be really, really beneficial for you to like get out of your comfort zone with that. Cause it definitely feels like it's something that you're not necessarily comfortable with and being like, what do we want? Let's do something fun today. What do you want to do? And maybe you do some like impromptu, like visit to the zoo or something really crazy that you wouldn't expect yourself to do. But at the end of the day, it's going to make you feel more connected to her or connected to your inner child. And it's going to help you in this process of healing. It's going to take a little bit of time to clear out all of this stuff that's coming from your childhood. A lot of this, the flowers will help 100%. But it also be you being connecting to your, like connecting to your Akashic records, asking those questions, asking yourself what you want, working through those feelings when they come up of frustration and anger and you feel like something's unfair and, and connecting with her inside of you and saying, it's okay. You don't have to worry. This isn't anything to do with you. I'm here. I can, I can help us. Like I'm here to protect you. It's not happening to you. And just feeling stronger in yourself of making these decisions, either being playing with your daughter, putting up a hard boundary with somebody that's pressuring you to do something you don't want to do or listening to yourself, like all that getting you closer to healing that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What do my guides have to say about what I should do next as far as my projects and offerings? One of the questions was, should I continue the podcast? And you answered that in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. is there anything that I should be pursuing or offering or getting interested in? I think they mentioned this before. It's, it's to me, the energy that 
kind of goes down your timeline alongside all of this healing your inner child and all of these things that you're going to be doing and that you have been doing. Um, definitely feels like you're going in the avenue of definitely maybe more of a spiritual, I don't know what your job is right now, but definitely feels more spiritual, kind of like the podcast, right? Where, you know, what, what are my interests? What am I interested in? And how am I going to bring that forward for people to see that and experience that? Um, but it definitely feels like, I know you say you're not, you're kind of like a, maybe like an introvert kind of like me, but it definitely feels like you'll be working with people in some capacity. For now, what I would say is what feels aligned is to continue with the podcast because to me that it's helping you find your voice and find your interests because I don't know if it's the people you're talking to or the subjects you're talking about. It definitely feels like you're starting to slowly connect the dots on what avenue you want to go. Is there a flower for being able to express myself? Yeah, 100%. Because I feel as though maybe I don't use the best word choice or I'm coming across as too impassioned about something, but uh, I need something to help me yeah. come across so better. When you're, when you're speaking, what emotions come through? Is it, to me, that's connected to maybe your self-confidence? to finding kind of security and knowing like I can say what I want and it's okay to me it comes a little bit in that area but definitely there's there's a couple of flowers actually that are connected to part of it is emotional uh, others are I'm overthinking so I don't know what I'm I'm not following my heart and I'm not saying what I actually feel so like how does and what could like where, where would that where would you locate I mean, those all seem true. Okay. Okay. I'll, um, I'll connect with the flower that best suits you. Yeah. So it's basically just to communicate things in, in your way, but getting a point across so people understand you. Right. Yeah, definitely. I just, I feel like I'll get up the courage to say my truth and then I'm, and then, but the words aren't there, like my word choice, I'm not able to actually get it out and communicate it effectively. Yeah, I feel you on that. Do you want to quickly just do this little breath work? And this is something maybe you can try on your own. Um, it's not really breath work, it's just like a visualization. So just if you want to close your eyes for a few minutes and just connect with your breath, you can put your hands on your heart if you like. And just take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the nose and relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your arms, your chest, your belly. Just getting present with your body. And I want you to just imagine that version of yourself, that little girl inside of you. She could be maybe in front of you. Maybe she's next to you. Maybe you're holding her hand. Maybe you're just looking at her. However that manifests, however that comes through, just honor that. Still breathing and connecting to your body. Now, when you imagine her right in front of you, now she's right in front of you, you're looking into her eyes. 
What does she want to say to you? What is she feeling? Is she angry? Is she frustrated? Is she scared? What comes up for you? She just wants to be rescued because she is feeling unsafe. Um, like she can't be herself. Uh, everything that she does or says is wrong. Um, and that she just wants to not have to worry about how what she says and feels affects other people. Yeah, that feels so, I can feel that. I can feel that energy of just feeling scared and uncertain and not knowing what's gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. So I want you to just, you can imagine holding her hand. So she, you can maybe kneel down beside her, in front of her, and you can hold her little hands. Now you look her in the eyes. Now I want you to say to her in your own words, you can say this out loud once I finish, just tell her that it's okay, that she's safe and that you're going to protect her. However that comes through, you, you don't even have to say words. Maybe you can just transmit that to her. Do that in whatever way feels authentic to you. And then I want you to hug her and just hold her and let her know that she's safe. Yeah, I'm just going to tell her that I've got your back and uh, nothing you say or do is, is too scary. <laughs> um, I'm going to love you anyway. How does her energy feel now? Do you think she understood? It's a relief. Yeah, she's believed. Just take a few deep breaths in and out. Just releasing all of those emotions that you've helped her process. Just releasing those, letting those go. You just open your eyes when you're ready. So that's that's basically what you can do. That's how you connect with her. It's that easy. It's imagine her, tell her what, like connect with what she might be feeling and allow her to know and feel that you're there and supporting her. Because I think she feels alone sometimes. She feels she's in it alone but you're there and a lot of those emotions that you say she's feeling that you that you connected with those are also things you're feeling it's a direct reflection because she does feel alone she does feel like she's in it on her own yeah and that also and that's something that came through a little while ago it's that in turn makes you feel isolated makes you feel alone makes you feel like you can't connect with others 
because of that, it's kind of like this thing that you said to yourself when you were younger and something that you, it's like, I need to deal with this on my own. I don't have anybody to lean on. So I've put this burden. So that, that includes me connecting with people. That includes me going out and like creating my own life because I'm, I'm always going to be helping others and I need to do this on my own. And it's not true. People are there to help you. You just have to let them in. It's a delicate balance. Like this whole thing with my birthday party, even, you know, I was like, I was thinking friends and family would step up and throw me a party and I was getting really depressed and like nothing was happening. So I had to step up and be like my own best friend and plan the party that I felt like I deserved or I wanted, like, I'm going to, I'm going to be that friend to myself. So it's just really delicate learning when to depend on people, when to let people in and when not to expect it at the same time. Well, you never need to expect anything, right? That's what they're kind of saying. It's, I'm not going to try to open up to you because I'm expecting something in return. It's, I'm just going to show up for who I am, my values, whatever, whatever that looks like, even if it might not feel normal to some people who cares. And that's how you create connection. That's the only way. If it's reciprocal, great. If it's not, it's not. So I guess I just try to be the kind of friend that would go to the ends of the earth to help anybody, but maybe that's not the kind of friend I should be. Maybe I should have better boundaries and not care as much. It's a balance. <laughs> it's a balance, right? It's, I'm going to be there for you, but I'm not going to bend over backwards and, and ignore my needs and ignore what I need to be doing and my own self-care and my own family for you but I will be there for you. It's a balance. It's literally finding balance. That's it. Because I think that aspect of you is beautiful. It just needs to find balance. That's, that's all. I wouldn't, you know, when I say I need to take care of everybody, it's great. It's, it's an amazing quality. And I think that's part of why you're here because you are here to help people, but you need to find, you know, it can go one way or the other. It's I completely ignore myself and I don't take care of myself or you know, because I'm giving so much of myself or I close off and I don't connect mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way. They're saying it, 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 there's a, there's like a fine line. There's a nice balance that you just need to find. And you'll discover that with time of listening to yourself. It's literally just listening to yourself. That's it. Cause if you can listen to yourself, you know, what feels right and what feels wrong. And when you're going overboard with something that you could just tone it down a little bit and then you feel the balance okay so it's a little bit of a push and pull right yeah does that make sense getting an akashic records reading is very instructive the message is always very loving and hopeful so if this tool of an Akashic Records reading resonates with you, perhaps find a reader like Lorena to bring alongside you to help you in your path to explore the best version of yourself. Or, you know, even learn to read your records for yourself. I just hope that this look inside my personal journey 
has been helpful for you in some way. So until next time, much love.